Hi, and welcome to the news. I'm Neil Ronahan. With me, as seemingly always, Patrick Barnett and Zachary Miller. Hello. Toasty! <laughs> That's what I always thought he said when I was younger. <laughs> like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> that was one of those things that, like, I found out that he was saying Toasty. I'm like, oh, that does make a lot of sense. I think I like it better now that it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, because you got to think, like, you know, he just comes on really quickly. I was usually playing this on a shitty TV. Right. So it would just sound like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, enough Mortal Kombat talk for now. We just lost listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Was that in the new Mortal Kombat game? Did they actually have a... The Toasty? Yeah. I think so. Oh, that's, that's rad. I need to play that game one of these days. Maybe it'll come to Wii U. Yeah. It's coming to Vita, I know, where you can, like, wipe blood off the screen or something stupid like that. Oh, see, maybe I'll maybe I'll got buy it so I have something to play on my Vita. <laughs> well, it's not out now. And there was also that, like, Game of the Year edition. Maybe I'll bite on that eventually. Yeah, I saw that in Target. I was like, oh, but I already have the core game. <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about Nintendo stuff, as we, as we are wont to do. And uh, let's start off and talk about this... The flavor of the month, which we kind of all realized last week, is the greatest thing to come out of so Nintendo in years. Awesome. Kid Icarus Uprising. Everything um, I've ever said about that game has been incorrect. Yeah. Um, see that latest trailer? It's kind of incredible. I, uh, I've i been basically at the edge of my mailbox all week waiting for the review copy to show up. <laughs> As of Wednesday the 14th, it has not arrived, but I am hopeful that it will be here soon. And so that means by the time we record next week... I shall have hopefully put up a review, as I imagine the embargo would be sometime next week. Nice. As the game comes out in nine days. Now that is um, awesome. It comes out on a Friday, right? That's yeah, weird. it's weird. <laughs> Nintendo's actually doing a lot of Friday releases upcoming, which is kind of a weird trend. Because they got Kid Icarus, I believe, is coming out on Friday the 23rd. I know Spirit Camera is coming out on Friday the 13th. And I believe Xenoblade is actually coming out on April 6th, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Crush 3D also came out on a Friday, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that yeah. really counts, because that just seemed like GameStop was like, oh, really? Sega, you, you want to do an exclusive with us? We had no idea. <laughs> um, neither did anyone else who worked at GameStop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, May 20th is when Mario Tennis Open is coming out, which is a Sunday, so... I don't know. The Friday release. Nintendo just basically is like, I like this day. How about we release the game then? <laughs> um, but that's that's Christmas. Eh, right. We'll just yeah. do it. Do it. But anyway, the news with Kid Icarus now is that these AR cards are probably going to be hot as shit. I know I was talking to Aaron about this, and some of the stuff from GDC and like the Game Informer exclusive are going up on eBay for like I think. Close to a hundred dollars. Like it's it's absurd. Because um, we did find out during GDC that the cards will only really be available through specific events, right. and they've kind of revealed what those events will be. Um, at GameStop tournaments, you'll be able to get them. At events such as PAX East and PAX Prime, you'll be able to get some. There's a Club Nintendo thing going on right now that you can get three for free. There will be some distributed in Nintendo Power and Game Informer. And I think that's about it. It's kind of weird. I already signed up for my Club Nintendo ones. 
Yeah, I should be getting them in about two months. <laughs> yep, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I, it's the kind of thing I'm not bothered that it's going to take so long. No, me neither. Like, I really, I don't think this AR card thing is going to be such a big part of the game. Like, I think I might engage a little bit of my collectorness, and at PAX East, I'll probably be going batshit crazy over these things, but... So this this won't be the next Skylanders? Is what <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say I don't that. think it can be. Like, Skylanders, you actually had characters that were toys, and, like, you level up those characters, and these, it's just like, collect them all. What do they do? Uh, you can watch them come out of the card and fight. <laughs> I think you get like currency and maybe some weapons and stuff, but uh, it's not really game changing. It's it's a bonus, which right. I like it as a bonus. And uh, maybe we will see them be sold. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I sure shit don't do, know. But, do you uh, think they're going to be bigger in Japan where they're selling them in the they're like the chocolate bars come with them? I think. No, isn't of that of course? <laughs> I would imagine so. I mean, it seems like uh, like a thing that could catch on in Japan. But I, I don't really know. I'm curious to see how it's all going to shake out with the cards because it seems like a big um, <laughs> wild card. Oh my god! <laughs> comes out, but the game in general feels kind of like a wild card. Like I don't know how well it'll sell because it is kind of like I mean it's Kid Icarus. He's an IP, I guess, <laughs> or it's an IP. But like I don't know. He hasn't had a game since '91. Um, so who knows? It's it's more or less a new IP, but it seems like people, Nintendo's putting a lot behind it. People are going to be like, hey, that guy was in Smash Bros. Yeah, in all honesty, that's that's where the, the similarities lie. Not really in, hey, he was in this game on NES in the 80s. It's more like, he was in Brawl. <laughs> and, I mean, I think that might do well sure. for the fact that it, it is, you know, made by the same guy who made Brawl and has a lot of, you know, stylistic things from brawl the multiplayer is supposedly brawl but a third person game the brawl is awesome yeah brawl is a great game and i hope that kid Icarus will be too um and we'll hopefully be talking about it next week and the week after that and hopefully after that we will still all like it yes the other news that we got an exclusive out of gdc is that mad dog mccree everyone's favorite or least favorite fmv game is coming to eShop, which uh I don't really know why that makes sense. Me neither. But okay. You're going to have to tap the bad guys. I, I had Mad Dog McCree back on, like, DOS. And <laughs> it's such a shitty game. I mean, it really is. It's just a scene, and bad guys will pop out of, like, from behind a table or a tree and shoot you, and you have to memorize where they are, and, God, it's a bad game. So bad. See, the thing is, is that all FMV games like that, I think, are kind of bad, because, yeah. uh, I've played a little bit of the fantastic Day One DLC, completely free, for the Gunstringer, which is mm. the Wavy Two Man Chronicles, which is an FMV game using Connect, and it's fucking amazing. So I don't know, maybe maybe you have to be in the right mindset because I can tell you this much: it's not like Wavy Two Man Chronicles is, is good. It's <laughs> it's an FMV game. There's a lot of stuff where it's like you need to memorize where people are popping out of if if you don't want to get caught off guard and shot. Right. It's. I mean, it's just so damn funny, because it is a very tongue-in-cheek game. Right. Well, um, nobody should buy Mad Dog McCree ever. Yeah, I mean, it just seems so weird. It was. It, it just seems like they're kind of like, hey, we can put it on 3DS. What the fuck? Let's do it. <laughs> I um, wonder how much it'll cost. Yeah, I, I can't if imagine it's more it being than too free, much. Then uh, too much. <laughs> uh, other news is that we're gonna get a Mutant Muds demo, eventually. 
who knows when. It'll have, I believe, uh, four levels and a secret level. So that's cool. If you haven't played the game, check out the demo, and you will hopefully undoubtedly go out and buy it, because it's fantastic. I'm sure everyone that listens to us got it already, since we talk about it almost every single week. <laughs> if you haven't, explain to us why in an email to connectivity at com. Yes, it is our number two. Um, to, to, uh, it seems like that, you know, people are debating that. Uh, the yeah. number one and the number two between Revelations and Mutant Mods. I think both are fantastic games. They are. And we should celebrate both of them. Anyway, Rayman Origins, on other, but... 3D... Rayman Origins <laughs> on 3DS is delayed until June. Oh. It's supposed to come out in about six days. So that's kind of weird. I'm I'm getting kind of irritated with this trend of 3DS games supposed to supposed to come out in like a week, and they're just like, Haha, too bad, delayed for two months. Yeah. Um, at least at least this is better than Sega's patented. The game was supposed to come out today. BT Dubs, it's not coming out for two months. <laughs> and then telling you but, it is out that day, in three months, yeah. randomly. Yep. <laughs> Sega basically being like, well, it's not out today, but we might have something more. Oh, by the way, GameStop exclusive, it's out on Friday. <laughs> I'm really looking forward oh, to Raymond Origins. Just so you guys know. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to Raymond Origins 3D. I like. Uh, I didn't buy any of the other versions because I was waiting for the 3DS version. and Now it seems like that wasn't a smart idea. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, probably by the time the 3DS version comes out, you'll be able to get the Wii one for 20 bucks. I think so. you already can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the kind of the, the thing that sucks about it is that, well, it's not like it's it's gonna go decrease in quality as a game. I really hope they add something good to the 3DS version to make it worthwhile, because by the time it does come out in June, nearly every version of the game will be the same price or cheaper, at a minimum. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm kind of interested in it because I, I feel like I play more of a platformer like that on my 3DS than I would on my Wii. Although, outside of Skylanders, I would pretty much play anything more on any other system than my Wii. <laughs> and it, it took me it took me five years, but Nintendo, you have broken me. <laughs> I'm now one of those people that's just like, hey, it just gathers dust. Because it did for a while, and then I got back into Skylanders. Right. And it'll go back to dust again. But anyway, that's a that's about it for news. There's not really that much going on. <laughs> um, we, I mean, we've had you know busy stuff in the week and GDC and all that jazz. But right now, we're just waiting for Kid Icarus and seeing what the future might hold. I got my 3DS back. Yay! And I uh, it came with ten street passes. That's pretty wonderful. I know Andy was complaining that he did not get a damn one. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of weird. I think mine must have just been sitting in with a whole bunch of other ones just sitting there. <laughs> and uh, Well, 10 is also the max, so you might have had the potential for more if only they processed your street passes. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. The jerks. <laughs> anyway, Zach, you have the first letter. Okay. This is from Adolf Vega. And he says, I am really enjoying the new fad of bringing retro games to the modern era. Cave Story and Excite Bike Tour, World Tour are fantastic examples of Neo retro gameplay done right. I have two recent examples, like Cave Story and Excite Bike World Tour. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Mutant Muds and VVVVVV on the 3DS eShop. 
Uh, v to the power of 6 on the 3DS has old school graphics, simple controls, and is very difficult. The way the game feels modern with its excellent map on the lower screen, having constant checkpoints, infinite lives, and quick save feature keeps the game difficult but enjoyable. Mutant Muds also has old school graphics, simple controls, and it's very difficult. However, this game has many of the old school uh, poor game design. Uh, enemies that attack from off screen, yeah, that is annoying. A terrible map. Is there a map at all? That, there is no map. Yeah. yeah, there is no map. I don't really think the game is lacking because of a map. It, it's a very linear game. Yeah. Uh, no checkpoints. Uh, upgrades that are not stackable. That I did find that annoying. And finally, gameplay with little to no variety. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy Mutant Muds, but I think the gameplay is attempting to feel too old school to a fault. My question is how exactly do you make a game feel old school without feeling obsolete and antiquated in this modern gameplay world? Well, the simple answer to that is by modernizing it. Right. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> but, I mean, it is the kind of thing, like, I, I, I see where he's coming from with the, the VVV, VVV, and the Mutant Muds comparison. Because, you know, the letter V six times has a very old school feel to it but it also feels very modern i mean the checkpoints are the are the kind of thing that that drives that home it also the the really easy to use map especially on 3ds i, I really love how the map is on the bottom screen for that game it makes it a lot smoother um while mutant muds does kind of have that more i guess slightly archaic feel to it because it does have you know the things that he pointed out enemies attacking from off screen no checkpoints um but I don't really know if that makes Mutant Muds any any less of a game than VVV VVV. Right. I think that Mutant Muds, I mean, it does things a little differently, but I mean, it, they're they're similar games, but they're not at the same time. What, what if that would makes you any say? Sense. What would you say is a, another good example of a old school new game, new old school game? Hmm have to think about that for a little bit does anybody else have anything to say well think about that I'm, I'm trying to think of an answer as well i'm <laughs> also trying to think of an answer i moved my stack of I mean, games away from my desk i can't look at shinobi that. for 3ds was a pretty good example of that oh, yeah. um because yeah. it i mean that is another one of those games that does it you know almost to a fault because it is it is brutally hard on its normal difficulty the levels are very long there's a live system in place and that is, I mean, that that's the kind of game where it looks a little more modern, but it's a little more complicated and challenging. I mean, in that respect, it is very much like, the, you know, it's, it's old school counterparts, but is that really a good thing? I mean, I like Shinobi, but it is a little frustrating with its difficulty sometimes. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it, well, probably doesn't count. Uh, you know, Star Fox 64 3D is a ret is I don't know how retro we're going here, but that I mean, that, that, that's, that is literally a re-release of a game that uh, doesn't count. Well, it's kind <laughs> of a it's kind of a remake. Like they made it. Yeah, better. but they made it they exactly made that the game same. Better. They, I mean, what they did is they redid the graphics, but they made the game exactly as it was before. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Like it's not like they like tweak the levels. That is the same game that came out on N64 in 1997. Yeah. Okay. How about? Uh, um, um, I thought of one though. Quick. Second. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Retro game challenge. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that is another one that probably does it to a fault, where it, it takes all the good and the bad. Although, I would say that's the point of that yeah. game. But, I mean, it, it does do that kind of thing where it's like, hey, remember these old games? Remember the things that pissed you off about them? Yeah, they're still here. Oh, I got one. I got one. Uh, it's not a Nintendo game, but it's Cthulhu Saves the World. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that harkens back to old school RPGs, right? Yeah, but it's it's got a whole, all sorts of modern stuff to it. Or Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. I was like that. <laughs> That's a great game if if you guys haven't played that before. It's basically it's uh it's an it's an RPG that takes place in like the I guess it's somewhat of a sequel to stuff like Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City, (laughs) Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball, and Barkley Shut Up and Jam. But you play as like uh I, I forget all the exact things. I know you fight Ghost Dad, as in like Bill Cosby in the movie Ghost Dad, you fight the Ghost Dad. There is a robot, Vince Carter. There is a Michael Jackson wears a pimp hat and is the villain. I mean, Michael Jordan wears a pimp hat and is the villain. Wow, how have I not played this? It's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> uh, you should go. You, everyone, not just you two, should go look this up and play it. It's not that long, but it's very very awesome. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. But does anybody else have any other retro games like this? I got nothing. I mean, how exactly would you you make a game feel old school? Like, that's the one thing that kind of trips me up a little bit. I mean, like, I mean, that's the thing. Or at least making it feel old school without it feeling obsolete. I mean, that's kind of a tough thing to to tread. Because part of the thing that makes games feel old school is having them feel kind of, I mean, in a way, obsolete. Because, like, Mega Man 9 and 10... Like oh, those I mean, are good examples. Yeah. yeah, retro games. Hell yeah! But yeah, I mean, that is the kind of thing where it's like. Game. But that's the thing with Mega Man Nine and Ten is that like if you made if you updated those games in more ways than it was, then it wouldn't be wouldn't Mega, be Mega Man, Man Nine and Ten. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing is that sometimes you you got to take the good with the bad with some of these retro games, especially the retro revivals. It's like if. You know, you change how Punch Out would play on the Wii, then would it even be Punch Out anymore? Right. Like there might be some things that frustrate people about those games, but then you're ruining the idea of the game. You make a compelling argument, and actually, it's exactly why I don't like Mega Man Seven and Mega Man Eight as much as you know two through six and nine and ten. Because yeah. they do change it up, I feel like they change it up too much. All right, well let's uh let's move on to the next letter, which is from Vicky, and she writes, "I just listened to your discussion of Chrono Cross, and I thought it was great. Thanks, Vicky. There was another somewhat controversial game that came out at about the same time, Legend of Mana. It had very mixed reviews, and I seem to recall some some strong feelings, much like the Chrono Trigger Chrono Cross situation." I haven't been listening for long, so I don't know if you've touched on this already, but it would be interesting to hear your thoughts. Now, uh, when we received this email, I had not really heard of anything about this kind of Legend of Mana debate, but apparently it was the kind of thing where it was a it was a follow-up to the, to the series, and it just changed a lot of things about the game, and people kind of revolted a little bit about it. But it was the Mana series, which mm. is smaller potatoes compared to Chrono Trigger. Have you guys uh, ever 
ever played a Mana game. I played. It was Secret of Mana, right on the SNES. Yeah. I played that for a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I played the SNES one for a little bit. Well, I remember not loving it. Yeah, I wasn't a huge yeah. fan. I played one of the DS Mana games. I don't remember which one. I think I played Sword of Mana or something. Maybe a GBA one. I think. But... I I really just remember Secret of Evermore being awesome. I remember not liking either of those games. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like that style of RPG that much. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I, that's true for me too. If it's not called Pokemon or Dragon Quest, I generally don't care. Yeah. I kind of agree to an extent. Yeah. All it right, has so to Patrick... be. It has to be a certain Dragon Quest game, like one, eight, and nine. You should really play those other DS games. They're very good. I, I want to get six. Four, five, and six. six. Looks good. Yeah, I, I I got six on clearance at Target for like fifteen bucks. Whoa! Uh, I have not opened it yet. I got it back during Christmas time. Just it was one of those things. I got that. I got a Den for eight bucks. Oh damn! DQ six for for fifteen, and I opened a Den and played some of that, but I haven't gotten to DQ six yet. It's still sitting you know, next to of... Metal Gear Solid on your shelf. There yeah, you go. At least I opened Metal Gear Solid oh, at this point. There you go. Well, speaking I'm, of Target, I just got, got Spirit Tracks for twenty bucks. Ooh! Should I? Did I pay too much? I think that's about right. Okay. All right, uh, Patrick, you got the, the the last letter that we'll do for this show because we need to wrap it All up. All right. Wilson writes, given the recent news that Assassin's Creed 3 is coming to Wii U, it got me thinking. What do third-party games on the system have to add to make you want to buy them on the Wii U as opposed to your Xbox or PS3? Whether it's improved graphical fidelity, exclusive DLC, or touchscreen features, I'm curious to hear your opinions. I want uh, I want to be able to equip my iron boots on the uh, touchscreen <laughs> controller so that I, I mean, don't have to go into the menu. I, I know you're just trying to be a jackass, <laughs> but that is something that, like, that inventory management right. would be something that would be very nice. I'm being a jackass, but I'm also being serious. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, this is kind of turning the system into a big DS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I kind of like that. Yeah. I really like the DS. Yeah, I do too. I was playing. You, it today. you put a map playing, on that I screen. I would 3D. be so happy if you just put a map on that screen on the controller. That <laughs> that would be great. Um, in all honesty, at least for that first that first round of of games. I mean, I hope they use it in some more interesting ways, and I think there's some of the shit that we don't even know about yet. Yeah. But at a minimum, like you just put a map there and I'm I mean, that would that would in all honesty, everything else being equal, that would be enough to for Assassin's Creed 3 being like, "Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll get the Wii U version instead of 360." Mm-hmm. I would like, like that would be I enough. Would, uh, in uh when they release Batman Arkham City, it would be nice if the map of Arkham were displayed on the touchscreen, so you could just tap where you want Batman to, you know, head towards. Yeah, that would be great because I spent a lot of time going back to that map in the yep. menu. I mean, I was just playing Darksiders on on Xbox 360, and I Ooh. did the same thing where I'm I'm pausing the game and looking at the map, figuring out where I'm going next. They do have a little mini map, but I mean, it is nice to have that that bigger that bigger map displayed. And I, I assume that developers will come up with something more interesting than what we're talking about for using it. Sure. But yeah, how I mean that's like, pretty. How do you like Darksiders? I uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's cool. I really like the environment, but they need to stop making me fight things. 
Oh, there is a lot of that. There is so many kill rooms in the first hour. It's absurd. Right. But And they're literally yeah. kill rooms. Like, you go yep. into a portal that says, kill all these dudes. Yeah, I just went through the first round of that, and I'm just like, are you, are you serious? And people complained about the fucking Silent Realm? <laughs> and people are okay with this for some reason? Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. But The dungeons are um, better. The dungeons are fun. Yeah, but uh, that's news. Speaking of Darksiders... Um, but, yeah, by the time you hear this, I will be getting close to going on a plane to going to San Francisco to check out Darksiders 2. Oh, that's awesome. The, the Wii U version will not be playable, but I will be interviewing people about the Wii U version. So if you have any questions about the Wii U version, either hit me up on Twitter at, at Enron10 or email connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com, and I'll do my best to try to, you know, get an answer to your question if I can. I want to live with their art director. But Joe Mad? Yeah. Cool. I love his art <laughs> designs. Holy crap. He gets some shit for it, and I don't know why, because his his art direction is phenomenal. Alright, well, that that is the news. <laughs> um email us at connectivity at nintendoworldport.com and we'll talk to you guys real soon. Yep. Bye. See ya. Welcome to another exciting segment of Connectivity. Uh, I'm Zachary Miller, here with Alex Kalafi. Hey! Hey! And Danny Bivens. Hi there. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Assassin's Creed, because Assassin's Creed 3 uh, was just recently revealed to be a Wii U title. Uh, but I figure... People who just have Nintendo systems might not be familiar with the Assassin's Creed games, except maybe the DS one, which is shitty. Uh, so we're going to talk about the series a little bit, uh, at least the first two numbered ones, because none of us have played the uh, kind of Assassin's Creed 2 Part 2 and Assassin's Creed 2 Part 3. Boom, but, we su- uh, boom, we suck. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Those games came out like six months apart. I mean, you know... <laughs> 
that's more than annualization. Uh, so let's let's talk about Assassin's Creed One first. What what all what have you all played of Assassin's Creed One? So uh, you know, I got Assassin's Creed the first one uh, a couple of months after it first came out, and I remember hearing a lot of people kind of dog it a little bit, saying like, "Oh man, this isn't really that great," or you know, stuff like that. But so that kind of made me go in with expectations actually pretty low. And, uh, that was actually a good thing because uh, I really, really enjoyed the game. And I think what that game did too, at the time, you think 2007, that's still pretty early on in like, you know, the 360 PS3 life cycle. It and is. Really, I, I can't really think of too many games before that, that had such a wide open world where you can go and basically anywhere that you see, it's like, yeah, you know, there are different segments of the game, like different cities, but once that c particular city is loaded up, you're like at the top of a mountain, and you look down on, let's say, you know, this is taking place, you know, during like the Crusades, right. and, you know, like around like, you know, Israel, whatever, all that stuff, and, but, you know, you're looking down from this mountain down on Jerusalem, and you can go anywhere in there, which is pretty incredible, yeah. and it's something that really kind of essentially kind of started this generation to kind of show what kind of stuff is possible on that hardware. Yeah. And, you know, people give the game, I, I really liked it too. Um, I played it pretty late uh, after it had become a, a cheap game. Okay. Uh, but man, I, I really liked it. And yeah, it was repetitious, but you, I didn't have to, you don't have to do everything. Sure. Like, like you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to do every possible mission to further the story. So I, I was fine with it. Sure. Uh, sure. I only did the missions that I did not not hate. So, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it was really awesome to just, like you say, run all over the place and, mm -hmm. and run up towers. And, and let me tell you, the first time I dove off something and the camera pans back, you're like, damn. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing, too, uh, the combat, I think it's really well done, too. Um, basically, you know, uh, you have a, a bunch of different weapons at your disposal. Um, you have, like, a big a big sword. Uh, you can have, like, small, like, knives. And right. then you have your little assassin thing that just basically kind of just comes out of where your finger is or something, basically. Right. <laughs> That's kind of crazy, but... Um, so, I mean, this gives you a lot of different options for killing people, and uh, it's, I don't know, it's really satisfying, too, when you're going around, uh, you know, sneaking up behind somebody, stabbing them in the neck with your uh, little little doodad, and, uh, you know, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, that That is one of the uh, things I really like about the game, is, like, stalking people, and then just, oh, they turn corner down, like, a empty alley, and you shank them in the, you know, kidney. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and then you just kind of walk off and uh, blend into the crowd. That's really fun. Yeah, and then people are around. They're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Stuff like <laughs> who that. did this? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous and awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the story is pretty good. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's uh, well, it's the first one. I don't care if we give stuff away. Uh, <laughs> you are Altair, who's I don't think he's the first assassin, but he's. Uh, lauded in later games and he is on a mission to uh, kill 12 um, enemies of the assassin's order I think mm -hmm. um, and they're all Templars right and so which, he, which they find out 
at, at a later time in the game. Right, but, right. That's true. That's true. Um, and so he does that, and he he gets back to his 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 boss, and he's like, "Hey, I killed all these twelve guys. Awesome, right?" And his boss turns out to be a Templar, um, who has been. Uh, well, I forget how he gets a hold of that um, treasure. Mm-hmm. Does well, he just have it the whole time? Um, I don't think so. I think he needed to find it or something. I mean, it's been <laughs> like four years since yeah. I played the first game, so you know some of the details are kind of escaping me at the moment. But um, yeah, and he ends up kind of being an asshole. <laughs> he <laughs> <So>. does. <laughs> uh, but but he you Altair eventually defeats him and finds this treasure that shows the location of other treasures like it in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where the game ends. Yeah. Um, and the whole time, by the way, the whole premise of this series is that you're, got, you're actually playing as a guy named Desmond, who's mm-hmm. voiced by Nolan North, um, who voices everything. <laughs> and he has been kidnapped by modern-day Templars and is being held captive in a kind of uh, what you, a tube where he can relive his ancestors' memories. Yes. So the Templars are hoping to find the location of these treasures by kind of peering into the past through Desmond, mm-hmm. which may be the most convoluted way to find anything ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the, it's, it's cool. And Kristen Bell is in it, too. Is he? Uh, yeah, she's the the girl who helps you out. Oh, I thought you said Christian Bale, like oh. Batman. And I was like, what? <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> He's like, I'm Batman. You're like, okay. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, um, so this, that, that's where the first game kind of ends. And and uh, and then there's a PSP game which kind of furthers Altair's story. Um, it's kind of the story of how he meets his wife, which mm, is... Okay kind of how kind of leads directly to Assassin's Creed 2. Mm-hmm. Which is yep. much, which as good as Assassin's Creed 1 was, Assassin's Creed 2 is about a hundred times better. Definitely. They just, they do a lot more in the game that just kind of expands on what was already good about the first one, but then just kind of add other things that just make it even better. Um, one major addition to the second game is uh, currency and the ability to go out and buy and upgrade your weapons and not just that I mean you could buy tons of crap you can buy like art um, you have like a little villa at later a little bit later on in the game right. that you can upgrade and um, I mean there's there's a lot of cool stuff like that that you can do it's it's to, you don't you totally don't have to but it's there for the people that want to do it and I think that's great yeah. the, the that's the collectathon aspect of the game oh yeah oh yeah and actually and I loved it I I. I got everything. <laughs> oh yeah, actually me too. Uh this is one of the few games on my Xbox that I got all of the achievement points. I did everything that I could possibly do. Nice. Even find all these little annoying flags that are or feathers they are in this oh, game. Oh, that's that's where I stopped. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't do this. I'll be yeah. playing this till the end of time." Well, I mean, I use like a guide. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my god, are you serious? I'd, I yeah. I'd have to as well. Yeah, and in the first game, too, they have all these little flags that are kind of littered throughout the game world, and I didn't take the time to get all of those, but it's, I don't know, that was, like, ridiculous. I think there were, like, 200 or so of them yeah. like in total, and that's, I mean, 100 or however many feathers there are, that's a lot of freaking feathers to go find, <laughs> and I don't know why I did it, but I did it. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the thing I really like about the second game is that 
Well, first off, I, I should say that one of the big additions is in the first game, if Altair touched water, he drowned immediately. Uh, in the in the second one, he figured out uh, it's Ezio. Ezio figured out how to swim. His descendant. Right. Um, so that was nice. Um, yes. It was also nice that the towns looked very, or the cities looked very different from one another. Oh yeah. Uh, that wasn't so apparent in the first game. Right, right, and it's worth mentioning too that this is taking place in a, a totally different location. It's taking place in uh, basically. Uh, like Renaissance, like Italy. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, one of the cities you go to is like Florence, you know, I, at one point you go to Rome, um, uh, very briefly. Uh, but then, you know, there's like a lot of little areas around it. It's just really cool. It, it, like you said, there's a lot of variety with the landscapes and stuff, as opposed to with the other one where they're all kind of similar. Just yeah, similar like, architecture. Yeah. Color palettes maybe changed a, a bit or something, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, that's fine. And it, um, <clears throat> And the second one really expands on the scope of getting really high. Oh yeah, uh, that's some of those those uh, buildings you climb up. It's really it's sometimes it's kind of hard to get up them. You have to figure out how you're supposed to get all the way up. But once you do, it's really awesome, and you can see for you know the horizon. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, and then of course there, like you say, lots of additions to the weapons, upgrading weapons, and you have a lot more options in combat now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still really fun to just stab a dude in the kidney and walk off. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, one thing too, like in the first game, like you really don't, you can go around and just kill people. And as long as there's no guards around, no one's going to do anything. That's so true. you can, I, I remember like I was outside, like uh, some, you know, really huge church or something. I just kept stabbing people and there were just <laughs> bodies all over the place. And I was like, what? I just wanted to see like how many I can do before they started disappearing or whatever. Right. Just, you know, just kept on going. But in the second game, if you do that, you get, there's like a, a little gauge kind of at the top of the screen. That's kind of showing like your wanted level. Oh, so you yeah. start doing like crazy stuff. People are going to notice. Right. And then, you know, somehow this, this news gets out to the authorities and then your, your ass is going to be wanted. If and then you don't you have to start tearing stuff. down wanted posters of yeah. yourself? And, yeah, you, that's fun. You can tear down that. wanted posters. You can pay off officials. Um, you could, you know, or just kill everyone. Just keep <laughs> doing it, whatever. Oh, so. I remember that. Yeah, that, that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did you play the DLC? Well, you must have if you got all the achievements. Okay, no, actually, I you, you don't need to have the DLC to get all the achievements. Oh, okay. At least for, like, the base game. Um, I did get, like, episode 12. It's, like, Fiori or something. Yeah. I don't remember. But I haven't completed it yet. Actually, I was just going to play this today just for the segment, and then I realized that somehow that was deleted off of my Xbox, so I had to Ooh. go and re-download it. You know, well, the, so, the, no. I thought the DLC – I got both DLC uh, uh, levels because I'm a whore. Um, and they're, they're really, they cancel each other out. Like in one of them in, well, they take place in the middle of the game, which is stupid. Yeah. Um, cause if you actually in the, in the main game, when you're going through it, it'll be like, Oh, memory's hazy here. Yeah. Uh, I I thought that was kind of a cheap way to get some DLC out of it, out of it. Cause I mean, it's, it's kind of just like a big gap. 
like right. like two chapters or something are just gone, and yeah. all of a sudden you're basically at the end of the game, and you're like, it's like Wait. one year later, huh? yeah, it's like what? <laughs> obviously, something has happened, you know, between that, but you just don't know when you're playing through the main part of the game. Yeah, it's kind kind of annoying. But it is. Uh, but those two chapters just cancel each other out because in this game, Ezio uh, also gets one of these treasures. They're called Apples of Eden. Mm-hmm. He gets one, um, and then in the first DLC. Somebody steals it from him. In the second DLC, he gets it back. Uh, so there's no uh, no consequence at all uh, to the overall story. So I was a little disappointed there. Well, uh, um, I've but, heard of it. Uh, Alex, and... you've been quiet. What's your experience with this series? If any of you couldn't tell, I uh, I don't have the most experience. <laughs> experience. <laughs> I, uh, which is kind of an understatement, all of it. I didn't touch the first one because I've heard about the mixed reception. The second one, I borrowed from a friend, which I played about two hours of. And the, um, I guess I can say what turned me off from it. The things I didn't like were, since I had no familiarity with the combat, and I was thrown into the world, I was thrown into a story I didn't understand at all, and didn't really want to backtrack and, like, go to Wikipedia or something, the combat which I was talking to Dan about this, was kind of like God of War, but had a little more complex, it was a little more complex. That part I kind of liked. More timing-based. Right. Um, But the big thing I didn't like, and you can correct me, call me wrong if this is wrong, but... You're wrong! Okay. (laughs) But the one issue I had was that the world... Even if there was a lot of places to climb on and explore, it had the same issue that I have with a lot of open-world games, where, okay, there's a lot of places to go, but there's not really that much cool stuff to find. Yeah, but you must have loved Jack 2. Oh, I never had a PS2. Oh, Um, you're missing out on one of the worst open-world games ever made. Aw, a shame. Um, Yeah, it is. But I mean... Well, well... Oh, well, I was just going to say that I know I'm unqualified to say that I didn't find anything cool after playing after two hours, but that was definitely the impression I got, and it seems like I'm not totally wrong on that. Now, did you just jump in, like, at a random spot in the game, or did you start the game? Well, I mean, it wasn't like a cartridge, like, it already had a save file. It, it was... Okay, so you were you were jumping in after the beginning of the game. Well, yeah, as soon as the game started, I guess. Okay, so you you were basically the first two hours. You were probably still in the tutorial phase. I would I wouldn't doubt that. Because the game that was something I was going to say. Uh, Assassin's Creed One kind of throws you in there, but Assassin's Creed Two, and this has kind of annoyed me about it. It's got like a three or four hour tutorial, like before you really before Ezio uh, finds a reason to become an assassin. Um, climbing up a tower and seeing something, it's all tutorial and it moves pretty slowly. But once you get past that point and the whole world opens up for you, it's really a lot more engaging. Um, but it is kind of a steep, steep learning curve time period, I guess. But, but I will say, despite that uh, long period of, of startup, I appreciated that that there's so much story in Assassin's Creed 2. Because mm-hmm. 
the first one didn't have a whole lot of story. It was like, all right, you're this LTR guy. You work for this Assassin's Order. You go around killing people. Uh, and Assassin's Creed 2, I mean, it really makes a character out of Ezio mm-hmm. uh, and gives him motivation. And uh, he's a really interesting character. And he's so interesting that they made two more games starring him, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> which I haven't played. Um, yeah. But that was something that was missing in one that I really liked about two. There, there wasn't a minute where I wasn't engaged in the story. Right. And I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's just a, a lot more fleshed out. There's just a lot more going on. You actually care a little bit more about him, too, Ezio, than, as opposed to, like, Altier. I think oh, maybe yeah. that might be because of the bad voice acting. That <laughs> I mean, it, it just, I don't know. It was so weird with that, just to go on a little bit of a tangent, like, in... Assassin's Creed 1, Altair seemed to be, like, the only guy, so when he's talking, he didn't have, like, an, like a like a British accent or something, or some kind of an accent that wasn't, yeah. like, American. So it's just so weird that, why does he talk like, Nobody like, he's else. From, like he's from New York or something, or whatever, you know, and then Like Tom else Cruise is, in that Valkyrie movie. Oh, ah, a piece of Surrounded crap. by Germans. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of off-putting, but I mean, this one, with the second one, it, I think it's just a lot better. And I think, you know, they learned a lot more, a lot from the first game and just kind of, you know, made improvements that yeah. just made made an overall better game. And in fact, I think in the, when the game starts, everyone's speaking Italian. Yeah. And then it eventually transitions into English. Yeah, so it's kind of like Hunt for Red October. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is, that's awesome. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. So, uh, so I won't tell you what happens at the end of the second game. You can read it in Wikipedia, but the um, the the mystery of the assassins versus the Templars and Desmond's involvement in all this really gets a whole lot deeper, um, and it's a really cool ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me kind of want to play the next two games just just because I don't know if if that part is. Uh, is filled in a little more. Right. But let's talk about the third one, because it looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just uh, a little thing here, too. I don't know about you guys, but actually in college, my major was American history. Ooh. So when I heard that they're making, you know, an Assassin's Creed game based on, you know, uh, colonial America, revolutionary America, my history boner just went right up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, man. And, you know, I, I think I heard somebody talking on the other one of the other podcasts that, you know, there really are no uh, Revolutionary War-based games. But, you know what? I have played one. There is a mod for Counter-Strike on the computer. A Revolutionary War mod that came out, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And I used to play it online. It was great. Um, nice. It, it, you know, you got the, the muzzle-loading guns. You have bayonets at the end of your stuff. And you could even do, like, the commands and if your teammates are... Working together, you could like you know do like hey ready aim fire do that. So it's kind of kind of cool. Yeah, B to load your musket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anyways, sorry I had to go off on that little bit of a tangent there. Oh no, but that's I, cool. I, yeah. I didn't know there were any games about the Revolutionary War. Yeah, other than that, I don't think there are any like <laughs> any that are like shooters or any like actiony type of things like yeah. that. So. Well, the the third game uh, is going to take place in the American Revolution. I think the year is 1777. Yeah, it, they, they did, that's that's what it, they put in the trailer. But, I mean, 
as is the case with Assassin's Creed 2, it takes place over like a number oh, of years. That's true. So I don't think they really talked too much into detail about the exact years this is going to be taking place. Yeah. But it's going to be taking place around the revolution. Yeah. So. And you're, you're the assassin this time um, is a guy named, um, oh my gosh, it just blanked out. I pronounce it. Connor. Can I pronounce? Go ahead. Oh. Well, can I pronounce the big name? Yes. Because I'm on the uh, the Assassin's Creed wiki, and it has that little uh, that little parentheses. Mm-hmm. Rod Dune Hage Dune. Excellent. Of course. He's he's half Native American and half well American American <laughs> British <laughs> British. Yeah, I guess they weren't they weren't American yet. They were it's the Revolutionary War. They're all British. Right. Um, it says that uh, in his biography. An English father and a Native American mother. So, so I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking the prequel to this game is Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Sounds about right. Yes. Um, but this th- this is really interesting. Um, I wonder. I mean, the combat looks like it's going to be a lot different, or at least, uh, I don't know, modified. Yeah. From what I've been what from. What I've been reading about this, this seems to be basically putting you in like a more aggressive kind yeah. of a combat, as opposed to the first and second games, and I'm assuming the other two after that that Jack and I haven't played. Um, <laughs> it's it's really a defensive kind of game. You're basically holding the block button the whole time, and then you wait for their attack. To, you see it coming, and yep. then you can basically uh, you know do something uh, counter do a on counter, them. yeah do some kind of a cool kill animation or something. It's pretty cool. But this one, like I said, like you can see from the trailer, and like I said, you can read too online. It's focused more on you just kind of being aggressive and just getting out there and just tearing some people up. Dude's got a hatchet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and rather than jumping off incredibly tall buildings, which did not exist during the American Revolution... Uh, it looks like you'll be running through forests, uh, mm-hmm. running through trees, mm-hmm. uh, which it kind of kind of brought to mind the uh, indoor uh, the speed <laughs> bike scene, maybe a little bit. Nice. <laughs> uh, so that that should be cool. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to how how the Assassin's Creed formula is going to work in a much um, it's a, a very a very different environment. Right. Um, even the cities are going to be. You know, there are no tall buildings. It's there aren't these big bustling cities. It's kind of colonies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. Well, Alex, yeah. <laughs> well, what were you saying, Zach? No, no, I was I was giving the floor to you guys. Yes. Okay. So, a couple of things I want to say. Commenting on what Dan said about the American Revolution, there not being games. I will say that this is the reason why I'm excited, and also probably the reason why I'm here. Because one of my dream games has always been a real dynamic shooter based on the American Revolution. To the extent of something like Mass Effect, but not in colonial America. As in, choices matter, and in fact, like, a, a weird gaming fantasy of mine is to have... A choice halfway through the game, where the British give you a good offer to take to join their side, and depending on what you choose, the second half of the game is completely different. That'd be cool. Um, but talking about the actual game, uh, 
it said one of the locations is in Boston, which I was excited about because I'm in Massachusetts. But it said <laughs> one of the locations. And Colonial America, there are a lot of states. So because I never played the games, how will they work multiple locations into that since I thought it was like one hub city that it just spread off into a few different locations? Well, no, the other games, what, what it would be is you'd, you know, let's say you're done with Florence. You take your horse and you ride for about 15 minutes towards, uh, I don't know, Rome. <clears throat> and uh, on the way, there's really not a whole lot to do, but it is very pretty. <laughs> so I assume it'll be like that, except more so, because if we're talking uh, the American colonies, uh, they're not going to be huge cities like Florence and Rome. Right. I uh, mean, you know, the, the big ones, you know, Boston, sure. New York. I mean, those are going to be, those are relatively large around that yeah. time. But, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's not going to be anything like what you've seen in the previous games because they're just that, not that kind of architecture, at least to that extent, in colonial America. It's just not there. Right. So I, I assume there will be more in-between city traversal. Yeah. And hopefully I, I, they'll put some stuff in there. Right. Yeah. Because, like you said, sometimes in the other two games, when you're going between stuff, between two cities or two locations, sometimes there's just not a lot there, not a lot yeah. to do. I, I'm particularly thinking about the first game. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you just come across enemies and then, like, a tower or something, and you're like, right. okay, this is lame. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then you then you climb the tower so that you can see other towers to climb. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so maybe we'll climb big trees so we can see other trees to there you go. climb. <laughs> Question mark? Uh <laughs> And it'll, yeah. there'll be bald eagles instead of hawks and falcons that uh, show you where you can take off. Hell yeah, go America! <laughs> <laughs> Being made by a French company, that's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, like I said, too, with, with me being a history major, I'm you know, focusing on colonial America. I'm kind of curious to like, see what kind of people they're going to be using, you know, uh, what people from history they're going to be using in the game. Um, yeah. If it's just going to be people that like everyone knows, or if it's going to maybe even be some like more obscure type of people, um, so I think that's interesting. And another thing that I hope that they do too, because during the time you know of the American Revolution, it was a really kind of divided time in America. It wasn't like everyone wasn't, oh my God, go America, we're going to be free. <laughs> not everyone was like that. It's just not the way it was. I mean, it was it was, it was probably about fifty fifty. Um, some people were like, well, what the hell? You guys are crazy. We're British subjects. You know, the guy's like, oh, my God, I want to be free, you know. <laughs> so What, do you I want to they... be Canadians? Yes. <laughs> so I hope they kind of, you know, touch on this uh, with the game and not just focus on, oh, I want to only kill British people because they're evil, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where they go. Is it wrong? Yeah, you know, well, I was just going to say, is it wrong? To actually kind of want to kill a lot of redcoats and British people. Because that's like, <laughs> well, as long... I know I'm going to sound offensive for saying this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I don't have anything against the British, but the entire mm -hmm. idea of taking down redcoats with tomahawks is yeah. kind of the big yeah. lure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Patriot, but you're controlling it. <laughs> 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 but you're not Mel Gibson. No, <laughs> and that's a plus. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe this game will start out with uh, Connor's uh, son, played by the late Heath Ledger, uh, dying at the hands of a British meanie. 
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then at the end of the game, Connor will stab the main bad guy through the heart with the American flag. <laughs> oh man! And fireworks will go off. <laughs> <laughs> A perfect ending to the game. Yes. Uh, I actually, and and Dan, Danny, your comment about historical figures made me think. Um, uh, you know the. The first game, I hadn't realized this, but the people you kill are actual people. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not so familiar with that area of history, but I, look, I remember you know, doing my research on Wikipedia and finding, yes. you know, these names. And it's like, oh, this guy's actually real. You know, it's kind of right. interesting. That was cool. And the second game has real people, too. Oh, yeah. Heck, the second yeah. game's got Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's some spec and Leonardo da Vinci, like the role he plays is kind of like an inventor. He gives you like weapons and a bunch of yeah. other cool crap. He's um, Q. Yeah. And I think oh, there's been some talk that maybe, you know, maybe Benjamin Franklin would be the guy. Oh, that'd uh, be awesome. It'd be kind of interesting to see how they would work that out. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I, I think it's going to be a really cool game. I'm probably getting it on day one. Um, you know, Obviously, there's going to be a Wii U version, but, you know, for me, being in Japan, I, I really don't know if the game is going to be coming to the Wii U, like, at the launch or around around the same time. You right. know, the, the Assassin's Creed games are out here. Um, usually, there's a bit of a delay with, like, Western games sometimes coming out here. It just depends. So, and honestly, I'd love to play this game in English. Yeah. Uh, now, this so, game, this game, it come out in November? Uh, or October, October. It's October, October 30th. Right. Okay. So it could it could theoretically be a Wii U launch title. Right. If we assume the Wii U is coming out on Black Friday. Right. Or the Sunday before Black Friday. Yeah. Um, I, I have, there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a launch title for the Wii U. Nice. Um, Ubisoft does have to put something on the, on the console. Exactly. So. This would be a good way to go. And, and this is a game that I would... Uh, you know, I'd chomp right up uh, if mm -hmm. I, when I'm in my line for my Wii U. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what else is going to be there launch day. I assume like Batman and right. uh, Darksiders. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, I if there's a game that I'd get on Wii U um, with my launch unit, it would probably be probably be this. Right. What do you think? What do you think the touchscreen is going to be for? <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, yeah, Alex, did you, did you have any ideas about this man that you wanted to talk about? Well, I'm going to be honest, like, I'd like to have something exciting to say on the matter, but I don't because I don't think Ubisoft's going to do anything interesting on the matter. Because yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be kind of like DS, where they're going to shoehorn a lot of stuff into it. They're going to try to get sort of a uh, a map, and maybe you can select weapons or something. But I would hopes up for something original to actually happen. Persistent kill count. That'd be cool. <laughs> They'll probably, they, they will probably, we haven't talked about this aspect of the games, but I assume the touchscreen will have a lot to do with the multiplayer. Could, yeah. Because hmm. in the, in, not in Assassin's Creed 1 or 2, but in, in games none of us have played, Brotherhood <laughs> and uh, whatever the hell the other one's Revelations. called. Revelations. Yeah, Revelations. Um, there's an, there's a, really cool multiplayer mode where you have a target in this one of these big cities and you have to go kill them but the target is controlled by a player too and they have to evade you so 
the, the target is not marked, um, but you can kind of tell how they move, what they're doing, whether or not they're a target or not. So, and they don't know that you're an assassin. So it's really kind of a cool cat and mouse kind of game. Hmm. So, you know, I can, I can see a lot of uh, options for the touchscreen there. Yeah, I think what they'll do, they'll probably take a lot of the stuff off of the main screen, like, uh, you know, like maybe a map, uh, health, you know, simple stuff like that. Yeah, kind the mini-map, the health, the, yeah. the uh, wanted right. meter. I mean, if you think about what kind of what Nintendo did with Ocarina of Time on the 3DS, I mean, basically they took everything that was on the screen in the original game and they moved it down to the touchscreen, which, yeah. you know, it kind of frees up a lot of real estate on the screen, so you see, you know, you could see a lot more of the world and what's going on. So that's kind of neat, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Kind of like what Alex was saying, I don't know if I have a whole lot of confidence in them. Just with this being like a multi-platform game, too, I don't know if I have a lot of confidence with with Ubisoft uh, doing something mind-blowing, you know, with the touch screen. And you know what? That's okay. Right. I'm fine yeah. with that, though. So as as long as it plays as well and looks as good as the other ones, that's all I care about. Indeed. So. Yeah, Assassin's Creed 3 coming out in October. You can probably buy it when you buy a Wii U. If you wait a month, uh, I'm freaking excited about it. Oh, yeah, me too. I, mm. I think it's going to be the most uh, the most interesting Assassin's Creed game. I think so, too. You guys have anything else? This, uh, this email. Yeah, read it away. All right. Hey, Connectivity Crew. With the recent announcement of Assassin's Creed 3 coming to Wii U, I was wondering what your guys' experience with the series is. I've never played an Assassin's Creed title. Despite having recently purchased a PS3 and the old games being available relatively cheaply. However, I would certainly like to get into the series, and dependent on the launch lineup, may end up getting the game for Wii U, assuming it'll be available at launch. Will any of you be picking up the third game, and if so, are you planning on getting the 360 PS3 version or the Wii U one. As a final note, which Assassin's Creed game would you recommend to someone who has never played the series before? I would love to get a taste of what the of the series before diving straight into Assassin's Creed 3. Love the show. Keep up the great work. NBZ. I'd say I'd say get play play the second one. That's what I would say too. I mean, the first one has some really cool locations and stuff, but I think the second one is just a overall better, better game, game, better experience, just more stuff to do. Especially after you, <laughs> after you play for more than two hours, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and and it also, um, I think it, you know, Assassin's Creed One has that ending sequence that kind of uh, shows you more about the overall mythos of the series. But the second one really dives into a lot more. Oh yeah. Um, so you'll get a lot more explanation for what's going on in the second game. Yeah, and with the second game too, you don't need to have played the first game. You can, That's I mean, true because the, there you are kind of go over it. Exactly. There are sometimes there are little flashbacks and stuff, or you know, it, it's just not necessary because um, they kind of tell you everything that you really need to know. So. Yeah. Yeah, play the second one. It's amazing and. Uh, the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions are probably exactly the same. Yeah. And like I said, I'm probably going to be getting this on the 360. Um, I really want to get a, an American Wii U, but I'm going to have, because I want to transfer my virtual console games because I have like 50 or 60. We're um, assuming that's going to be an option. Assuming that's an option, which I am. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, I'll probably just wait to hear what people say before I pick it up for yeah. the Wii U. But 
picking us up day one, regardless for the 360, uh, for sure, importing from America to Japan. So, <laughs> Well, I did read something that, uh, I don't know if it was from a developer or director or something, and it's something that a lot of people say, but they did say that they made this one the third one with new players in mind. Okay. Now, they said that for Mass Effect 3 also, and that didn't end up panning out. Well, EA yeah, I don't know how that would work, because you have to have played the first two games to understand what the hell is going on. But I will say that I do believe uh, whoever said this, because it's a totally different scenario, and they're probably going to tie in some of the Desmond stuff, because they have to. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this is done kind of from scratch. Yeah. Right. No, I, I imagine you're right, especially with the completely different environment they're going to have to work with. Right, right. So, what do you think this, do you guys think this will be uh, the last uh, core Assassin's Creed game, or do you think we'll see a four someday? I think they'll keep going. I think oh, they'll yeah, keep going until they just can't make any more money off of it. <laughs> Maybe drive it into the ground. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, you know, at the moment, I'm fine with it. I hope they keep going, even after this. I'd like to see, you know, where they go. I'd love to see an Assassin's Creed take place in Japan or something. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be awesome. But, you know, we'll just, we'll just see where it goes from here. Indeed. All right, gents, thanks for joining me. Right on. Of course. I hope, uh, I hope you listeners liked uh, us rambling about Assassin's Creed. And maybe we've inspired you to go give it a shot. Yes, it's cheap now. You can get, like, the second one for probably 20 bucks, so... Maybe less. Oh, I've seen it cheaper. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Never play the game, and I delete it. <laughs> I, 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 lo I load everything no. at least once. I load yeah, everything like at I least just... once. Yeah, I load it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You guys hear about this Pokemon Yellow oh, game horrible. that got in there? There was another yeah. one. It was supposed to and be. And like, it would crash upon loading. It would crash immediately. There is yeah, another one called like Pokemon Black like Gallery Mode or something, and I'm pretty sure it's just screenshots. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, so here we are on another episode of Connectivity, and uh, I brought back 
some fellow old timers from NWR Connectivity or a newscast past to uh, discuss the concept of the backlog. So with me, I've got former staff writer Grant Buell. What's up, Grant? That is me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And of course, my my fellow co-host, Mr. Nathan Mustafa. Hey, I killed uh, newscast and now I'm back. It's <laughs> nice going down, connectivity. Are you back to kill? <laughs> mm. It's yeah. important to kill any podcast that you appear on. Yep, I'll, I'll revive it. I, so I anyway, like the uh, the whole idea here is that I was on Twitter a couple days ago, bitching and moaning about not having money, and I decided I was going to set a hard and fast rule that I was not going to buy any games until I was either far far less broke or until I had played the ones that I already have. Um, and I made a backlog list. Actually, I tweaked a backlog list that I already had. But then Grant and uh, and, and Nathan were kind enough to, to chime in and ag- agree to play along. I think – I'm not sure about you, Nathan, but Grant, you were already kind of doing this without well, any prompting, right? I said I was going to do it. I said that months ago, and then I kept buying games. So you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I said the same thing. And then I think last week I bought two PSP games that I haven't touched. Yep. You're never going to play those games, just so you know. I will. You're, once you're I never be, going to play those games. Once I beat all those other games. Yeah. If it's a PSP all game, then one of them probably had to be Hot Shots Golf, right? Oh, no. Not a not a Vita game. I'm, I'm oh, talking, okay. All right. I'm talking PSP. I guess I just kind of assumed one-third of all PSP games and, and Vita games were Hot Shots Golf. I, I don't know. Or I Wipeout. I own a copy. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. But maybe I, I own... need to buy that. I own Let's Golf on my 3DS, which is the exact same thing, I think. Except it's Game Loft. Which means it's a like uh, shallow clone, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, why don't we just go over and, and talk about what's on our what's in our backlog. Let's start with, uh, with you, Nathan. Well, I'd like to point out that the second we all sort of joined in this pact, um, we immediately downloaded the newest DLC pack for Hero Academy. Well, that was... Of course. That's not like... A, that's not an option, really. I mean... It doesn't I, count, right? Well, no. I used a gift card for what it's worth. I didn't. I didn't spend a cent. Right. I mean, you can't. You can't be going up against. That's an opportunity the, cost, Andy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I had a gift card on my iTunes thing as well, but um, you can't be, you know, up it in didn't. there get, going against dwarves, and you don't have the option to uh, do the same. I mean, you gotta, you gotta well, stay like, out of the game. So I'm just it's like the dark elves. The game will be balanced in favor of them very quickly. So <laughs> yeah, how easily right. are we going to crack? Is this, uh, you know, I, I already, my fiance pointed out to me, she's like, well, is it breaking it if I buy you a game? No, <laughs> the, no, I don't think so. I've got a game pre-ordered okay. for April that, um, I, I mean, that's, I guess it's already in the bank. So that's, that's doesn't count either when I get that game that Xeno, I got uh, Xenoblade pre-ordered because sure. I am pumped up. And then, yeah, the, I, and then I, today, I, I, I or you know, they just announced the last stories coming out, and that looks really good too. But I gotta, I, I gotta keep myself down, you know. Maybe, maybe later. I um, I may end up picking up NCAA football this summer, but I'm going to have to do some hard and fast like justification of spending the money because I really, I'm doing this because I just, I simply can't afford video games at the moment. Right. So yeah, it, it's not, it's not a matter of cheating because I, I literally. I would buy if I was going to change anything. I'd probably buy food before I'd buy a video yeah. game. Delicious yeah. food, rather than rather, other than the cheap ass food I'll be eating for the next little while. Mm, um, cup of noodles. However, um, if uh, Sony decides to put out the Last Guardian in the next month or two, you got to we'll, uh, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I'll, break, I'll break the bank for that Does one. Does it? Count? 
count if we all buy games for each other? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I promise not to buy you guys any video games. My, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not buying you any right. video games. I'll take that. <laughs> Let's I'll make a pact. Same thing. Let's right. make a pact. I'm not so, going to buy you guys any video games. I'm not yeah. going to buy any games and send them to an offshore account that you happen to know the the number for or anything like that. <laughs> Se- <laughs> I'm not going to give me anything yeah. on the Wii Virtual Console because there's nothing to give. Nothing. <laughs> True that. <laughs> um. I was thinking about this in, in the in the the other day while I was driving actually, and I was trying to decide why it is exactly that I buy so many video games that I never play. And I'm not even talking about never finish. I'm talking about I buy video games that I literally play for for five minutes. I put it in to see make sure it works, and then I put it back on the shelf and say I'll be yeah, I'll play through that later. Yeah. Um, and I think it has I think it has like something to do with the fact that when I was a kid and I had my NES. I got very few games on a regular basis. Like, you know, I got mm-hmm. like maybe one or two for Christmas, and if I was lucky, maybe a few more throughout the course of the rest of the year. And I rented them occasionally, but getting a new game when I was growing up was such a momentous occasion that I think it just sort of ingrained in me the idea that I need to get new games as often as possible now that I can afford to do it myself. Right. Does that make any like? I think I, yeah. I'm a lot more I'm a lot more hooked on new games. Than I am on actually playing video games. I just like the experience of having a new trying game. something out that for, right. for the first time. Yeah. Well, so much of our entertainment revolves around the discussion of new games. So, you know, like I listen to a lot of podcasts, and it's like I feel like I can't fully enjoy this unless I've got like that game that they're talking about. You know, like everyone's mm, right. talking about. I don't know Skyrim. Yeah. I was going to get that anyways, but. I would be kind of lost for like two months of podcasts if I didn't have that. Oh, I didn't have that, and I was. Yeah, it's, there you go. Yeah, that's kind of the good I, thing about. I really. That's kind of the good thing about the retroactive deal that uh, RFN does, because like a couple of times they they cover games that I happen to own and hadn't played, and so it gave me an excuse to go like play a game I already owned for once, like the like the yeah. Fire Emblem game yeah. just recently I had, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to play that now. So it's nice. Yeah, same here. I didn't have to like go get a new game because they were only talking about new games. So, uh, what are you guys playing right now? I guess which would be the first game on your backlog. Uh, for me, it's Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together. That is um, uh, at the top of my PSP pile. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got Resident Evil Revelations going. I don't think it really counts because I'm kind of getting through that on a decent pace and I'm getting close to finishing so it's not like been sitting there but like on my um I have the on live console I don't know if you know about that Nathan uh but it's that little yeah. streaming game console that you hook up and uh, yeah, I've, got I've got a bunch of games on there that um are really cool and I got stuck on for whatever reason and I haven't touched and so like uh I've got um uh Deus Ex Human Revolution going, and uh, I have, and I love, loved it, and, I, and then, I, but I haven't touched it for weeks, just for no good reason. And then uh, I've got Borderlands in there, and I've got uh, Trine, I think, and I'm just like you, in in limbo. So those are all in progress, but I'm not really touching them. You finished um, Arkham Arkham Asylum? Yes, right? I did finish Arkham Asylum. That one kind of. 
hooked. You know, occasionally a game will hook into you to the point where you cannot stop. Like, you know. Right. And that one's not so difficult that I got super stuck. So um, that one went well. And I'm very tempted to get Arkham City because that's on there now. And, like, I want to so bad. But I'm, you know, trying to hold the line, as it were. Well, I'm currently... I'm currently playing through Uncharted 3, and it's kind of slow going for me. I'm not not quite digging it as much as I liked Uncharted 2. It's it's okay, but it's not. I don't know. It's not quite there for me yet. And part of the part of the reason for that is that I'm just not playing video games as frequently or as often as I was when I was playing Uncharted 2, mm-hmm. uh, for a number of different reasons. Most of which are uh, my baby. Most but, of which, yeah. Um, yeah. But then I'm also I also fired up Assassin's Creed for the 360, which I've been sitting on. I actually bought this game. No, I rented it from GameFly. Sorry, I rented it from GameFly. Played it for like three to four hours. Decided I was done with it and sent it back. And um, then Assassin's Creed 2 came out, and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Assassin's Creed Revelations, and pretty much everyone on the planet can't seem to stop talking about how much they love those games. So. I decided when I saw the first one on sale for like a couple bucks, it was probably like ten bucks max. I decided to go ahead and pick it back up just because I wanted I, I want to play through the series in order. I have a thing with that, even though I probably shouldn't. Yeah, just give up, Andy. I mean, your original instinct was correct. Just get rid of the game. I did the exact same thing. Um send it right back. So I don't you don't need to. You don't need to play all the way. Don't you know, don't torture yourself. I think at least I'm going to try to play for a while. I may not get all the way through. Um, it is, it's a pretty big game. There's a, It's a huge world, and there's a ton of stuff you can do. There's a thousand flags that are all completely unnecessary. But mainly, I just don't like the way it feels. The guy, Your, your character, Altair, feels like he's underwater at all times. Um, they give you like lots of cool things you can do, but if you do any of them around guards, they'll stab you. Um, I... I is this, is, are the other ones – do they fix this problem, or is it the same? Have you played the other Assassin's Creed games? I played two. Um, I have Brotherhood sitting for me on, on live. I got it for a dollar. Didn't mm. add it to my backlog, but – You should. I should, yeah. I, I really enjoyed two, though. Um, I like the the cleaning up the of the combat. I think okay. that uh, they smoothed out a little bit of the exploratory elements, and um, I, it just felt like a, a lot better game. I don't know if one specific thing pushed it over the edge for me, but it just felt like it felt more like the difference between like an Xbox and a 360 game. It really felt like a big a big leap. Just everything was sort of refined. Gotcha. I think part of my problem is that I have a really hard time with most open world games. And Assassin's Creed is, is very much an open world game. They give you a place to go to do things, but you can wander around forever and do whatever you want, saving random citizens from mugging soldiers and and whatnot. But um, I yeah, I'm with you. All that. Yeah, I, well, I, don't you, th- th- there are tangible benefits of, of, of doing that, right? I, I mean, I got all the way through two without doing the, the side crap. Okay. I just went full bore through it and ignored all that other stuff. I think that's why I enjoyed it. Um, I, that's what I'm leaning towards this time, too. Because I, I, I want to play through the first Mass Effect as well, but I know for a fact that I'm going to ignore all the side quests when I do that, because everyone says Mass Effect 2 is better, and I just want to get to it. 
Uh, no, I think Mass Effect 1 is worth playing. See, I think you've got it backwards. You need to play Mass Effect 1. You need to ignore Assassin's Creed 1. Okay. Well, I think one of the reasons I'm so drawn to Mass Effect 1 is that it seems like one of the big appeals of Mass Effect 2 is the, is the attachment to the story and the characters. And you don't you don't really get that if you uh, skip the first game, right? Right, and I just thought the, the first one was a good game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I played like the first three hours of it and thought it was okay. But I need to go back to it. I have a good reason to now because I can't afford new games. So <laughs> I, guess, I guess I have to. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I play it very methodically, though. I don't know if you're trying to play it through as a, a straight shooter or if you're taking the time to pause for everything. Um, but I, I paused all the time and played it more like I would a, a Baldur's Gate. Okay. Um, than anything else, and that it, I think it's more geared towards that mindset of playing, kind of like a Knights sure. of the Old Republic, um, system. So if you play it like that, and take your time, you're not caught up in the moment-to-moment cover-based shooting. I think you're you're gonna have more fun with it. I don't know if you're doing that already. I haven't played through that many of the action sequences, to be honest. The oh, last okay. the last thing that happened to me in the game was I I became a uh, what scepter? I think it is. Specter. Specter. Yeah, I became a specter. Like that Very was the last warm. thing I did. So basically, I get the impression that I played through like the four-hour prologue, mm-hmm. and then the actual game started, and I stopped playing. <laughs> right. Um, that's the other thing is that some of these games I get stuck on and never finish just because they have like, and and I know that I've loved games that are guilty of the exact same thing, but this this whole idea of having like a three-hour introductory sequence. Guys, you're you're killing me here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I I know Skyward Sword did it too, but I don't make think an exception. I didn't for... think that was that bad compared. I mean, I mean, I didn't really didn't feel the burn on the on the opening on that one. I think people. Well, I'm just. I guess I just like Zelda enough that I turn a blind eye. Maybe you if know, it wasn't... I, I raced yeah. through the front part of that game, and then someone asked me to find the little girl. Um, I just stopped. I need to get back to playing it, but I is that it? Is that necessary to do that, or is that a side thing to find the little? I don't know. Is it's it? a side thing? I'm pretty. I think sure it's I a side know. thing, but People it's a pretty big. It's a pretty major side thing. Oh, yeah. um, comparatively, I had to play through Zelda quickly because I had a baby coming in like three weeks, and right. I wanted. Also, on top of that, I wanted to get the <laughs> review out before the game launched, and Neil was kind enough to lend it to me like two weeks before the game came out. So I had like I think ten days to play it, and I actually managed to finish it in those ten days. Wow. It was. It was quite a bit of work and i think honestly i i probably gave it a higher score than i would have if i didn't have that time constraint because mm-hmm. the only thing that like the only thing i was thinking about lowering the score for was the filling the like the padding and the filler and i thought that was more of a problem i was making it out to be more of a problem than it actually was because i was playing it so quickly um, right. and then it turned out to be the one thing everyone else complained about so apparently it wasn't just me <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't mind it that much. I I never never do. Um, so I kind of shrug that stuff off. I don't know. Usually, yeah. usually, I wasn't a big fan of the swimming bit toward the end, but I uh, I did like the bit where you have to get all your gear back. Um, that was actually really cool. But I like stealth games, so I'm Wait, kind of a weirdo. Sure. I'm, I'm I'm a weirdo in that sense. So oh, yeah, I'm dreading that part now. I had not. Whoops! Did I did I spoil? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't care. Uh, it, better or worse than the start of Wind Waker? 
It's better. I th- it's a lot better it's, than that. I well, think. The, the Silent Realm stuff. I think it's better. No, no. He's. Okay. T- I'm talking about. Well, sh- spoiler alert. I'm talking Stel- about when stealth you, segment. The stealth segment toward the end, not mm-hmm. Silent Realm, a different one. Oh, is better than the. Oh. I think it's better than the Forsaken Fortress bit. Uh, I didn't like it, but I think it's better than the Forsaken Fortress. Bit. I, lo- the I problem like, with the, I like that stuff. The, I didn't like the Forsaken Fortress bit because it seemed kind of hard to like find your way around. Yeah, yeah, this one was more straightforward and more kind of interesting things happened, but I will leave yeah. it at that. I liked it. Whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, but, pouring over, I'm pouring over your guys' backlog. Now. Yeah, I have, a, I, have a couple of, I have a couple of points um, about my backlog that I want to bring up. First of all, it's sometimes it's hard for me to count whether or not I am done with a game because there are, you know, most games nowadays have multiple levels of completeness yeah. that you can hit. And right. so, like... Right now, I'm not sure if I consider myself having beaten like Mario Kart 7 because I have unlocked all the tracks in the mirror mode, and I've got gold, I think, on almost all of them, but not all of them. So does I mean I don't know if that means I've beaten it or not. Uh, and it's, it's hard for me to decide what my standard is on that. And and then like New Super Mario Brothers, or I'm not I'm sorry, Super Mario 3D Land is similar. I have beaten the main game, and I've gotten really far in the post-game stuff, but I have not beaten every post-game level. So, right. I'm not sure like if that means... I mean, I want to get back into it, but do I need to, like, call that beaten or not? You know, it's it's tough to tell with some games. I think in the case of Kart, I've always assumed that once you get a gold in every cup, you've beaten the game. Right, so I still need to do that in mirror mode then, but yeah, okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> I never did that on the on the Wii version. I I think I got somewhere in the middle of the 150 cc's and kind of kind yeah. of gave up. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I've we've mentioned it yet, but um, I'm using a website called uh, backloggery.com, which is really cool. Um, it's a web. I mean, you know that gaming backlogs are a big issue for a lot of people when somebody makes a a big website devoted s- simply to listing the games you haven't beaten. And uh, yeah. And it's pretty cool. You can uh, go and add all your games by system, and it will give you little charts and graphs about what you've beaten and what you haven't beaten. You get little, um, you know, badges for beating games, and you can add friends, so it's a little bit social. It's really just to keep track of your own stuff. Um, So I have, right now, 125 unfinished games on there, and it says eight unplayed at all. So that means eight I own that I have not played, which is probably... Lower, actually lower than I thought, and and I have actually a bunch of games on Steam that I bought that I can't even run right now because <laughs> my computer won't do it. Like uh, Left 4 Dead 2, and Andy kind of pointed me at a bunch of sales or something on Steam like year a year ago or more, and said get these, and I said okay, and then my computer wouldn't really play them, so I'm waiting for an upgrade. So right. So that's part of it. I can't even. Which, I can't even try. Those? Like I'm left for your Steam log now. Left for Dead Two for Dead sure. Two is one of them. Uh, I think honestly, and this is going to sound terrible, uh, but like Half Life Two, I think. Oh sure, yeah, Half Life. But, but actually, that's. Win- I mean, I think those are Windows, and I'm, I'm, wait, no, do they? Have, no, do they have a Mac compatible. Do they have a yes. Mac version of? Yeah. See that maybe I bought these before Steam kind of went Mac, so I I'm yeah. not sure if that I haven't even tried that one yet. I think um, you did try it, and it said your your system wasn't yeah wasn't capable of running it. Like it it just stops you from weird. even trying. Which is weird. I think I like feel like it should be able to. And then like I think Team Fortress Two, so all that kind of um, Valve stuff. Um, 
So I'm waiting on that. Um, and StarCraft Two, I can play, but it I have to put everything at the absolute lowest graphical settings completely, and it's kind of a kind of a pain. So I'm I've, I haven't quite beaten that, so I'm waiting again on a better better system. Hopefully. When you and I bought um, CNC Red Alert Three, yeah, we played, played a bit play of that. co-op and played it for like a, a like one or two missions, but it was pretty slow on both of our machines. So yeah. We didn't I could get too far. I could get back into that if I had a good machine. I really want to play RE5 because I'm a big Resident Evil fan, and uh, I don't have a an HD console um, really. So um, I might, and I guess there's no Mac version, but I can run it in um, Boot Camp if I get a decent computer. So I want to want to get that anyway. I don't own I, that yet. Though. Nathan and I actually picked up RE5 for Steam, mm-hmm. and it was a bit of a debacle trying to play it online because the Steam version of it actually passes through to games for Windows Live, which yep. is the Xbox Live Microsoft oh. equivalent for Windows. Okay. And it's bizarre because both Steam and um, games for Windows Live have their own like voice chat components and friendless components. Oh. And so it, it took a, a good like what half an hour, 45 minutes to like figure out yeah, how to was, get it to work. It's a mess. It's weird. But weird. It, it's, it did it's work. Fun did, once you get it to work. Played it for like an, an hour or two. We got couple hours into the game i I thought playing it with the mouse and keyboard was a disaster i still haven't picked up a real gamepad for my for my pc yet Mm -hmm. um i i I keep thinking eventually i'm gonna come across an xbox 360 controller for like 15 bucks but it hasn't happened yet hasn't happened yet um yeah and then the other thing i wanted to to bring up is the uh the the way the, the app store i i'm a i like um iOS a lot, and I uh, play a lot of games on there, and I know Nathan does for sure, and I think Andy does. And the way the pricing works on there, and the way the impulse buys are so easy on there, like I have real bad habits um, of getting a game that looks cool. I've I've researched it for all of 10 seconds by reading the first three reviews, and then I'll get it, and sometimes it's cool, and sometimes it's okay, but most of the time I'll kind of forget about it after a day, um, there are a few exceptions to that. Um, so that kind of screwed up my habits. And then they have all these indie bundles online, like, like the Humble Indie Bundle thing, which is, are really great deals. Those are uh, things where you can buy five games for a, what, a price that you name, and uh, the, the money goes to charity and stuff. Um, and they have really cool games in there, usually like Braid and World of Goo and uh, and. Binding Meat of Boy. Isaac and Meat Boy. Yeah, I got Meat Boy and right. Bit Trip Runner both for, both for my computer for that. And uh, yeah. I've barely touched either of them. So I have like a big – I've done like every single one of those. There's been three or four. And, and uh, so I have a big like chunk of games that I have, haven't even touched because of that. So like my, yeah. my impulse buy um, habits have been kind of screwy. Yeah, my iOS backlog is just shameful. It's not even on my backloggery account. I know yeah. it would be a significant effort just for me to try. It would take you and, hours to do that, yeah. In yeah. fact, there, there are games that I would not be able to put in there because I have downloaded them and hence deleted them. Sure. Like, and never touched them, which is ridiculous. And, yeah. And, well, some, some of them, uh, a good portion of those I had codes for, um... So I don't feel bad, but yeah, I don't know. There are like a couple I know I just never even touched. Yep, it yeah. happens. It happens. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to my grave with some of these games never never played or uh, certainly never beaten. And 
Oh, makes I'm me fine. sad. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it on my tombstone. I'm gonna put the number of unfinished games uh, on my gravestone so people can can, <laughs> can judge me. I had so many more games to play. That's what it'll say. All right. Yeah. So after you finish what you're playing right now, what are you guys gonna? What's the first true backlog title you're gonna jump to after you're finished with whatever you're starting at the moment? Mm. I have a heck of a lot of stuff I could choose from. Um, I really super. You know, people don't seem to like it that much, but I um, started Super Paper Mario and I own that, and I got you know a little bit ways into it. And I liked it a lot, and uh, I kind of just stopped at some point. And um, yeah, I never I might, finished that either. I kind of want to get back into that. Um, I like the way it looks a lot. I, I, um, I don't know. It looks cool. So I kind of want to start that back up. Not sure. Right on. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I kind of want to talk about the game I'm playing right now. Uh, okay. Tactics that. Ogre. Have either of you played that one? No. 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 But I love I love strategy I love strategy RPGs like um, Fire Emblem I love them so I assume that's what this is. That's what it is. It's I um, really want it. Yeah, I would love to play it. In the maybe you should pick it up add it to your backlog. Yeah, Uh, that's a great idea. It's in the vein of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's I understand it's its predecessor predecessor. Yeah, Um, it's so fun. I've been reading up a lot about like I am the I am the saddest nerd. I, I oh. really want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't have enough friends. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that puts me right between that is the saddest nerd. nerd and a LARPer. Um, oh no. <laughs> I have my fiance but I love her too much to to do that to her. Yeah. So, flick um, that. Yeah. So from from what I've heard from D&D podcasts and just like sitting there reading the rule book to the D&D red box that I bought. This is about as close as I'm going to get. Um, it, it's got all the same kind of rule sets, same move action, minor moves or minor actions mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other little, little strategic things that you get to play out on this, you know, colorful chessboard with your, knights and warriors and mages and stuff and i i just love this game um and i gave up on it because it was too hard uh and then i kind of came back once we talked about this uh podcast and i i put my full full gaming force behind it i i beat the battle that i was stuck on and i i've gotten like through five more battles since it's really tough but uh no what this si- podcast what, is, has already what system? pushed me what system are you playing this on? I'm playing it on the PSP, but okay, I think okay. you... Because there's a GBA one. Available. Yeah, I think that was Knights of Lotus or something. Right, uh, right. I played that a long time ago, and I loved it. Okay, um, okay. The, the thing I liked about that one was that it the units that had spears would uh, stab through multiple enemies, and I thought that was really Sweet. cool. Sweet. Um, cool. This game does the same thing. It's got also got... A, a lot of other neat elements to it. It's really deep. Um, What's the difference between Tactics Ogre and Ogre Battle? They're the same series, right? Ogre Battle is know. like real time, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's I more. Thought. It's much more real time. It's not turn. I I could be wrong. I've not played it, and I've I did listen through the whole retroactive thing on this, even though I never right. played it. Uh, I played and it, for the sixty four, and it, that that yeah. was real time. So if, if that premise that, carries backwards through the series, and yeah, yeah that's what the real time ones. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think that, yeah, 
I think yeah, the the word tactics separates this. They're more of a macro. They're more of a macro. Right. It's more of a macro level when on those games. Right. I played um, FF Tactics for GBA, Mm -hmm. and uh, I played it for a while. But my frustration with that game was you really needed to have the strategy guide from the very beginning to have any idea what the hell you were doing. Really? There's so many. I I thought so. There were so many different ways you could evolve your character, and if you if if you didn't know what you were doing, it just it just kind of seemed like experimentation. It's fine if you don't mind playing it for 150 hours, but if you really wanted to like focus your character development, you had to know what to do. You had to know oh, how see, to I, customize. Yeah, I think I played it for 150 hours. I think, uh, that, was, <laughs> I think that was my solution. Fair enough. <laughs> I um I haven't played through a strategy RPG since Shining Force 2. I've tried a few of them. I put a lot of time into um, the Fire Emblem for GBA, but... Mm-hmm. I just I got burned. I think I get to the point where I I don't want to keep playing if I'm going to lose a character, and I got to a battle where I couldn't pass it without losing a character and just and just kind of stopped. Yeah, I, I don't like that premise. Um, oh, I I uh, that's that's the reason I like Fire Emblem. <laughs> I like it. I like how um, Tactics Ogre manages it. You, you have about three turns to save your save your downed party member, which I <laughs> think is fair. It's a little sure. more reasonable because. Yeah. Well, not only does Tactics Ogre let you, let you jump back uh, through about 50 turns, which is really nice. Wow. Um, although I find that most of the time if I'm losing in a battle, I just it's a matter of me not having prepared properly. Yeah, as opposed right. to, oh, I should have attacked the griffin instead of the whatever. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like having a, a window of time. Like, uh, you know what? These guys rushed me. They... They did a critical hit, and I didn't know they could wipe me out just like in a single, you know, blow. But let me rectify it. Like, give me a chance. I don't like the, oh, your guy's dead. So you either a restart this whole battle, or mm-hmm. you know, just deal with it. I know. Now I later, like right? Later, um, some fire emblem games have save points in the battle, so you mm-hmm. don't necessarily always have to do the whole thing again. And you right. gotta be, and it's good to be really strategic about when you act, because they're actually. Uh, I think this is true of. Oh man, I think this this is definitely true of the DS one Shadow Dragon, I believe. Shadow Dragon. Um, yeah, but like there's um, tiles in the board that are like these blue circles, and if you take a character to it, it'll give you a mm-hmm. save or a checkpoint option, and you mm-hmm. can save. So you choose when you want to save. And you can you have to be you know sometimes you have to be strategic about when you do that because you kind of want to do that when you are in a position of strength or whatever. Um, so it's a little bit more forgiving that way. You still you know if you lose a guy the you got to go back. Thing? Yeah, it's one time. Yeah, now. use it once and then it goes away. And and some some apps have two or three of them. You know they don't okay. always just one. So that's a little bit better. Um, but you know most of the games I don't think have that. But I'm a fan. I've been, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm super OCD, kind of. I mean, about certain things, like in certain in uh, games, and that tickles my OCD fancy. I guess maybe to keep everybody alive and restart. Like I don't mind it too much because I want to like have the perfect game, if you will, or uh, figure out the perfect right. strategy or whatever. But sure. um, that also has led to me not really beating any of them. I don't. I don't know if I've beaten a single one. I've gotten very far in most. Fire Emblem games I've played. I've played three or four, um, yeah. and I have not beaten a single one. So that might be why. <laughs> right on. Yeah, but you know I still have fun with it. Well, I think after I finish 
Resident Evil Revelations, and I'm getting pretty close to the end there. I'm on like the 10th chapter, I think, out of 12. Um, I think I'm going to finally put in the copy of Phantom Hourglass that I've been sitting on since the day it came out. Oh. Um, yeah. I've played like eight hours of this, I think, in the past, maybe not quite that much, and I eventually never put, never picked it back up. But I don't like there being Zelda games out there that I haven't played, and there's a few of them, and this is one of them. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm borrowing Chrono Trigger from Zach, but... I, I've already played the first, like, five or six hours of Chrono Trigger, and it's really been difficult for me to want to replay it now again, yeah. even just to get through it so I can get to the new stuff. Chrono Trigger um, is on my backlog right now, and I've never played it. Um, and it is... Um, I am a, bit, a few hours in, and I have okay. kind of left it by the wayside. Not that I didn't like it, but I am, um, you know, more games. RPGs more are games, very difficult you know. for me to play through at this point. I, sure. I don't know why, but I have... I have this thing where I tend to fall asleep very easily, and uh, <laughs> I think I think it's just because I don't get enough sleep ever. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't for right. years. So if I play a video game, like either A after like nine thirty p.m. or B an RPG ever, I tend to fall asleep within a half an hour of playing yeah. it. It's also why I don't read as often as I should because I can't pick up a, a book after you know the sun goes down without falling asleep five minutes into it. Um, yeah, I need I- to. I need to play more RPGs. I, I like the idea of playing them, but I, yeah. I rarely get very far into them before I just lose interest. I've only beaten just... two uh, RPGs in my entire life, uh, and I can name them. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm not a big RPG guy, and I've, there's only been two that hooked me enough to beat them, and that was Mario & Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, and um, Dragon Quest Nine. Both very, very good. But for some reason, yeah. like, because I didn't have to grind in either one, as far as I can remember, and that's the, yeah, pretty much that's why. Yeah, that's big... That's a big factor in it. That's exactly why I beat him. You know, I um, I'm lucky enough because I just moved, and my method of commute is now, I spend two hours every day on a train. So yeah, I oh, that's got good. A lot of time on my hands. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I'm playing on the PSP right now because this is, you know, this is prime time now. I can yeah. I can sit down every day and get in a couple hours of games. And that's it, excellent. I wish I had awesome. that. I wish I had yeah, that. It's, it's really been awesome. I I got all the way through Final Fantasy IX just recently, and I was I was actually really proud of finishing that because I don't think I've ever finished Final Fantasy outside of uh, the Tactics games and Final Fantasy One. So I, I was happy about that. And I, I think I'm actually going to push through a lot of these PSP games, even though they're all mammoth RPGs. I, yeah. I you know right. I do get about ten hours a week. So. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm actually. I'm not a big. I've never been a big RPG guy, but I've wanted to be, and so I'm actually really excited about um, Xenoblade. I, like I said, I have that pre-ordered, and I am uh, just every like people gushing about it over and over and over. Like, I really hope I get into it and don't like get stuck in after two hours and have to you know, like force myself to play it again. I you know I'm a little worried about that, but we'll see. I have to borrow that from you, Grant. After yeah, you, you know what? And that's the the other thing I wanted to say. The solution to this whole problem is if you know other people with backlogs and they don't want to buy games, you just trade. That's all you got to do. And Absolutely. I, I'm going to try do that, doing that like pretty much until I have everything beaten I want to beat. You know, right? So, yeah. And just work. ignore the, ignore the other games in your own backlog and. Yeah, just trade. All these just get new games. Make yeah. all these arrangements to get games from other people. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and the yeah. problem with that, and then you can't do that for um, DLC or digital games too. Right. Usually, so yeah, that's my, that's the other problem. 
All my PSP Go games are not not tradable. You're not trading those. Yeah. No? Well, I can't. So. Just mail your PSP to someone. Well, you can do that. Yeah. I'll give you my Steam login. There you go. Play my backlog. I had yeah. Super Meat Boy on Steam for like a year and never played it just because I don't. I really don't have a, a, a setup at my house right now where I can easily play PC games. My PC yeah. is sort of in the basement, separate from the rest of the house, and I kind of have to, you know, leave my wife and child and sub and you know hide out in the basement for hours to play a PC game and that just kind of feels like I, I, awesome. I may as well yeah. Then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I play a lot of handheld stuff because it allows us to sort of hang out together while I'm playing video games and she can Same watch here. she can watch Gossip Girl and yeah. I can shoot zombies. It it works. And that's why I'm looking forward to the Wii U. I actually that is a very appealing uh um, it's yes. Now, my please... concern is that most of the Wii U games won't support playing only on the tablet. They'll support multi multi screen. Yeah, uh, I hope not. But the Wii games should all support, well, at least the ones that don't require pointing or. Yeah, I don't know how that's going <laughs> right. to work. I have a very time imagining how that's going to work with because most every Wii game at least uses the pointer for for menu selection stuff. Right. Um, most right. game, most of them do. I, I'm I'm really like it very, it's very fuzzy to me how this whole thing is going to work. Very, very fuzzy. Yeah. I guess we'll see soon. Well, but. Grant, do you share your television? No, I don't. So it's okay. not a really so, yeah. an issue. It's not an issue yeah. for me, but I'm right. still just confused about it. Yeah, so I, that's that's what I'm looking for. And actually, basically, yeah, basically, like me playing video games is equivalent to me saying to my wife, "Hey, do you mind watching me play video games for a couple hours?" Exactly. So yeah, right. yeah, and and you feel terrible, and you don't end up playing them. And actually, um. I was looking into getting a Vita, and I know this is the backlog podcast, but uh, <laughs> just because it would, it, they're adding enhanced remote play feature for your PS3, so, yeah, right. That sounds perfect for me because then I can, I can sit there and do exactly what the Wii U would be doing, and you know, feasibly play through Kingdoms of Amalur on my Vita while my fiance watches whatever she wants to. And yeah, that would, that would actually or PlayStation Home. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um so yeah, I guess that's all we have for the first backlog uh post game podcast. I think the plan is we're gonna check in every month or so and kinda just discuss our, our backlog progress and if we've cheated on our, you know, attempt to not buy vi- video games and the attempt to play the ones we've already bought. Um, yeah. I'm gonna post uh all well, I'm, I guess I'm going to ask Scott or Mike, whoever posts this episode, to link to all three of our backlogs. So, uh, you do we listeners have some can... form of punishment for not like what? What's the? I don't what's know. The harm. Hmm. Personal shame. Yeah, I mean, this is we we're accountable to the entire internet now because the entire internet listens to this podcast. Every so everyone yeah. is watching. They all President do. Obama is listening to this. Right, exactly. It'll probably, it'll probably be on Weekend Update if we screw up on SNL, so... I think so. <laughs> Tread lightly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, well, uh, so vain. thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we'll we'll do this again in a month, and uh, feel free to look at our backlogs and tell us which games we should be focusing on or ignoring. Yeah, yes. and these links, I guess... ...for what I should get yeah. to next. Right. If anyone um, wants to tell me, hey, you know, once you're done with your current game, play this. Yeah, I'm very, I'm open to that too. Direction. Me too, me too. And I, there's a bunch of them. I'm not even sure, like, if I even want to play them. Uh, but you know, it's possible that I'm just not giving them a chance or whatever. So, 
My Feedback backlog is sitting at only 74 games right now because I went through the other day and removed games that I just... I'm really not going to play. Right. Like, I have them, but I'm not going to... Yeah. There's no way I'm going to play Flowerworks on yeah. anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Mine's yeah. at 90 because I'm not being honest with myself. Yeah. <laughs> mine says mine says 125, and then also, if the listeners want to um, feel better about themselves, and I, which is you know what I also want, I go to uh, John Lineman's and look at his... And it says two eight three for unfinished, so that is awesome Ooh. and makes me feel much better wow. um, about myself. And I'm calling him out publicly now by saying that probably, but it's okay. We're all friends. Um, so yeah, and go yeah again backloggery.com. Like if you want to use that site and you're um, you have your own backlog, it's really cool. And if you want to uh, find me, I'm G Buell on there. G B U E L L. Nathan. And yeah. Do you have Trine on PS3? I have Trine on the PC. Damn it. Well, I have I, it on PS3 because I was going to play co-op with you. but Maybe I'll get it. <laughs> That's not, oh, help. no, That's no. not helping. <laughs> I'm willing to bet there's a few games on here we could probably do co-op. Sure. You know what? Yeah, we should. I know RE5 is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I want to get Portal right. 2 so bad and my computer won't run it yet. And, uh... Oh well. Oh yeah, Nathan no, and I was... played through that on uh, on PC a couple of months ago, and it was fantastic. Yeah, actually, it was great. no, you played it on on PS3. That's right, because I bought one copy of it. We both played it, and then we sold half the copy. Oh wow! <laughs> Shh. Sorry, they're listening. Sorry, sorry, Gabe. <laughs> sorry, Gabe Newell. I think this but, uh, his, his yeah. beard will comfort him. Yeah, yeah. I think this podcast is going to end up resulting in us buying more games, so we should stop like tem- right. tempting each other. You know. All right. All right, that's it for uh, this segment of Connectivity. I am signing off. All right. Bye. See ya.